Good afternoon. My name is Joyjit Banerjee. I'm an enterprise solutions architect with Amazon. And today we are going to cover deep learning, couple of our experiences with machine learning. We are mainly going to focus on NLP today. That is the core discussion of today. And during the discussion, we are going to also walk you over a lot of demos. So I have my colleague, Web Singh. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, this is Web Singh. I'm part of one of the solution architects with AWS. And we are going to take a lot of question and answers, but we are going to do the Q&A at the end of the session because we have a lot to cover. And this is what we are going to cover today. We are going to talk about our NLP services. We are also going to talk some of our machine learning offerings that we have. But before we get started, can I have a raise of hand about how many of you are aware of our machine learning offerings, the basic machine learning offerings? Okay. And how many of you are using SageMaker or you are using some advanced machine learning offerings? Okay. And how many of you are aware of NLP? Okay, that's good to know. And how many of you don't have any idea about machine learning? That's really good, not too many people. Okay, so what we are going to do is, we are going to cover the services for NLP in 200 or 200 level, and then we are going to have demos in between. And then we are going to talk again about the services. We are also going to talk about a lot of customer use cases and the use cases that you can implement on a day-to-day -day basis or the use cases that you can do when you go back to your work. So we are going to cover the services. We are going to cover SageMaker. We are also going to cover how to discover relationship in text and a couple of demos. So let's start with machine learning, right? So machine learning in Amazon has been evolved since last 20 years. So you guys might be hearing about machine learning recently, might be in the last five, six years. But we have been doing this since last 20 years. So our retail website, Amazon.com, the moment you order something, you see that it is going to show you a recommendation dependent on what exactly you have purchased, right? So this recommendation, we had this since last 20 years. So we have been doing this since last 20 years. To take one more example, Say so normally when you go to a grocery store, right? You say you go to a CVS or Walmart, you will see that all the products over there are organized in terms of aisles. For example, if you want to buy a shampoo, it will be in that particular aisle. If you want to buy vegetables, it will be in the backside. If you want to buy milk, it will be in a different aisle. But in our warehouse, we have taken AI to the next level. We don't have anything sorted or in an indexed format. Everything in the warehouse remains in a random fashion and all the robots, they go and they fetch out the product whenever someone places an order so that it's a different way of investing. It's a different way of how we save time. There is a very nice video on YouTube that talks about how exactly we have automated the warehouse and you may want to listen to that. So yesterday only, we have announced two different products based on whatever we have done using our amazon.com website. So one of the product is personalization and other product is forecasting. And you can use those products and you can use them to build your own models. We also have something called Amazon Go Stores, if you're not aware of that. It's a very advanced form of machine learning and analytics. It's a completely cashless store. And the moment you walk in, it analyzes your image. It finds out who you are, what exactly your profile is. And if you pick up something from the store, you don't really have to pay anything. And the moment you walk out from the store, you will be charged for whatever items you have picked. It's a very, very unique form of AI. 
And I rec highly recommend you to go to stores and check and discover yourself that how exactly what we are doing in terms of AI. So we have several customers in different verticals that is using machine learning and AIs. We have customers in high tech, we have customers in oil and gas, we have customers in financials. So these are only a few examples of our customers who are using some of our machine learning services. Now let's talk about the framework or the machine learning foundation we have. So we know that there can be various kind of users. Some of the users who doesn't have much idea about machine learning, whereas there are some users who have very, very advanced idea about machine learning. So if you look at the screen, you will find that the below portion of the screen in which we provide you the framework and infrastructure. So if you are an advanced machine learning user and you want to build your own model, you want to maintain the infrastructure, if you want to have your own framework, if you want to run, say, TensorFlow or MXNet or Gluon, if you want to manage everything yourself, then we provide you that solution. So that is the bottom portion of the screen that you're seeing. If you're a data scientist and if you want to train and build your own model, then we have the offering called Amazon SageMaker and we are going to talk about SageMaker in details in next couple of slides. And if you are not a data scientist, but if you still want to leverage the services that we provide and you don't want to maintain the infrastructure, you don't want to train the model, you want to take care of the advantages that we provide, then the solution is there in the top of the line that you see. We have the solution for vision, we have the solution for recognitions, we have the solution for languages, and today we are going to focus on NLP, so we are going to talk about the services that we have in that. So we have Poly, which is text-to-speech, we have Transcribe, which is speech-to-text, we have Translate, that can help you in translating from one language to other language, and then we have Amazon Comprehend, that is going to help you extract insights from text, and we are going to cover those services in a very detailed manner. So now, when you have got lot of text, how exactly you are going to extract insight from those unstructured text? So we have a service that we have recently announced that we call Amazon Comprehend, and that service helps you to analyze the conversation that's happening, or it, we provide you various APIs that helps you to find out what exactly is going on. Let's take an example, right? For example, you all of you are in Vegas right now, you are staying in different hotels, and it could be possible that you have got a very nice room and you call the front desk and you tell them that my room has got very nice view. So in that case, your sentiment is very happy and if someone goes or analyzes your conversation, we'll found that their sentiment is very happy. So similarly, depending on what conversation you have, we provide multiple APIs via which you can find out the sentiment, whether it's happy, whether it's neutral, whether it's negative, or you, from the conversation, it can find out entities like who is the person, what is the organization, what is the product. Similarly, it can have the capability to find out some of the phrases like very beautiful room, or it's a crappy room, or the view is not good. Currently, we support two different language, English and Spanish, for sentiment and entities and key phrases. And we also have something called topic modeling about which Web is going to do a demo and we are going to talk about in next slide. So let's take an example about how exactly Comprehend work, right? So, so this is a conversation or this is a text in which it is said that Amazon.com is located in Seattle, Washington, and it was found out on July 5th by Jeff Bezos. 
and our customers love buying everything from books to blenders at gate 5. So if you look at this text, you will find that the named entities are Amazon.com, Seattle, Washington, Jeff Bezos. So these are the, some of the entities. The key phrases are customer. And if you look at the entire conversation, you will find the sentiment is very positive. So similarly, you can use this kind of relationship on your day-to-day business to find out if your customers are happy, if their customers are not happy. The problem is that there is a lot of conversation that happens in the business, and many of the conversations get recorded. It is very important to find out from those conversations that what exactly the users really want. And if there is a way of finding out, correlating what exactly users want, you will have a better chance of be more successful in the business. So topic modeling is one of our fully managed topic modeling solution in which what happens is, say, for example, you have hundreds of documents. And every document is completely unstructured, and you don't have any time to group those documents. So with topic modeling, you can group those documents or, and make them a structured one. So for example, if your customer has logged 100 tickets and you don't really have time to analyze those 100 tickets, you can use topic modeling, and it can group those tickets according to the buckets. Web, you are going to do a demo on that, right? So why yes. don't you take it okay. over? OK, sure. So let me do that. So here is a simple example of if you have hundreds of documents that you're trying to analyze, um, how do you go about it? The beauty of this service is that it's API-based, so that means you can just call it as through an SDK or you just call an API and you pass the data that you have and it does the job for you. So in this case, you're seeing a bunch of documents that I have taken from a news feed and I'm giving that document. I've put all the paragraphs, collected documents, to one big document you can have in multiple documents, that's up to you, but the API has the ability to take both the kinds of documents. Now, when I have this document and, and, and I go through the topic modeling uh, service, what, you, what I wanted to show to you was how, does it, how do you visualize what it does at the end of the day? So um, if, if I go to this, what it does is that it has kind of uh, created various topics that you see in various circles on the left-hand side. And what in the right it shows is, hey, within a given topic, what are the different kind of terms that are being used? What are the words that comprises that topic? Now, this is a very powerful service. So for example, in this new service, what you see here is um, um, this is a, the first topic it keeps talking, is, is talking about uh, Palestinian, Palestinian, Palestinian war episodes that happened or it's related to Israel conflict. So it has grouped all those terms that it found in various documents into that particular topic. If I switch the topic to something else, then it gives you terms related to that particular topic. So this is a very powerful, I mean, typically you use LDA kind of a algorithm internally to implement this. Now in this API-based approach, you really don't need to worry about how it is done. It is taking your data, it is utilizing the algorithm and producing an output for you. Okay, so here are some of the customer examples where you, know, where you can literally make use you of this. So let's say, uh, the, f the first example, how do you make, how do you put it to use now in this case? So um, as Joy was mentioning, you get a lot of um, uh, feeds from various sources. It can be your Twitter feeds or it can be 
feeds coming from your websites. You can take that, put into a, either a streaming mode or you can take as a text that you, have, uh, that you are keeping it offline mode. You can give it to this API and it gives you that, that API we were talking about, it gives you the sentiment analysis. So you can quickly find out how is, how is the reaction to various events that are happening on your website. Similarly, um, another use case that we typically see across the board is um, everybody has used something like Elasticsearch to search a lot of documents. But how can you enrich that? The way you can enrich that is you can build a topic modeling on top of it, which is like a semantic kind of a thing, where you say, hey, here are my organizations, the, the different locations that are used within the, so that's more like an entity recognition. You can have things like, uh, uh, for example, like sentiments where in the document customers have been talking positively about you, about your product. So those two things you can directly build on top of, enrich what you have implemented through Elasticsearch. Uh, similarly, uh, customers have been using um, in the knowledge management area when you are getting a lot of uh, data from various things and you want to provide a structured search, um, then you can put the same topics in front of that text. Uh, this is another, uh, this, uh, this custom classification is uh, a recent feature that we released uh, last week. Uh, in fact, what it does is you, if you give a bunch of documents and, uh, it will and you want to classify according to what you want, like for example, some topics, some documents may be talking about health or some documents talking about support cases, things like that. So this, what it does is you, in this particular, you can create your own classification it's not the system which is doing the classification. You define what classifications are relevant for your documents. And uh, this is a fully managed service. What that really means is that you literally, it will take your data because you will have your feeds, you will give into this API and it will create classification that you have categorized and will put those documents into those classification. So the good, the beauty about this is it is it kind of as a data scientist, you literally need to know how to uh, train the model and things like that. In this case, you're literally giving the data and the model is already built in and it is using your data to learn out of it. And it's trying to create, okay, this document belongs to this classification. It's a pretty powerful service. Thank you, Web. The next service that we have in this category is Amazon Transcribe. And again, this is also a part of managed service. So whatever service we are going to talk about now, till SageMaker, SageMaker is a different it needs data scientist skills, but all the other services that we are going to talk, uh, we are talking, they are all managed services and you don't really have to be a data scientist for knowing or running these services. The beauty, another beauty about those services is that you don't really need to train the model because behind the scenes we are training the models and the more the use, you use these services, it learns your model and it becomes more and more better. It understands what exactly you're trying to do, it adapts and it models are more better using that. So Amazon Transcribe is the service that can be used for converting speech to text or from videos to text. And it can support anything if you have a call center and if you want to make extract text out of the conversation, how exactly the sentiments of people or what they're trying to do. And if you want to run an analytics on top of that, you should be able to do that using transcribing. It's also a very great use case for making subtitles of videos or if you want to use medical transcription. It can also take care of punctuation and formatting as, as well as grammatical things. So for example, it knows that at what point of time, who speak, who has spoken what. If there are multiple speakers, it can analyze speaker one, speaker two, speaker three, 
and it it makes a very nice text with timing of each word at what point of time who said what word and it's going to make a very nice text interface out of that making sure that everything is punctuated it can also work various quality of audio range for example if you have audio telephonic conversation of 8k hertz and whereas if you have a very hd video that has got very high frequency it is going to work in that case as well so some of the most common use cases that we see are call centers subtitles for vods if you want to make your own training module and if you want to have closed captions on that for your organizations you can do that you can also use transcribe to record all the conversations that's happening in the meetings and then you can later on go and analyze those conversations to find out how things are happening if things are progressing if things are not progressing and web is again going to show your demo on this right yep so let me show what it is looks like um so what i have on the screen is a a this transcribe service it can take input of audio or it can take a input of video right so this is a what you see is a video that's on the youtube i've taken that video and i've run through this service and this this is something that you should try on your own it just takes upload the video onto s3 and just put it put it as an input the api does the job for you so what it does is what you're seeing at this is the youtube video on the top here is the text that it has taken the youtube video taken it has converted used the transcribe service converted that voice in the uh, video into a into a text and this text is appearing at the bottom some of the important things that are happening behind the scene is that it has a time index if you see at at the left hand side so that means if i want to know that which that uh, what part of the text was spoken at what point in time i can directly go to that so for example let's say i play this video this is a standard this is bbc news and uh, these are the headlines china says it's defunct tiangong one space laboratory so what you see is what what being is being uh, what you're hearing is being transcribed into that text so it's pretty powerful just an api which does that um if i want to switch to a different timeline i can directly beijing is imposing timeline. import taxes on a range of us goods in retaliation to donald trump's yeah. tariff increases on steel the other beautiful feature about this is that if you want to do something like hey i want to you know provide a caption inside it with a different language you can just go into it and you know you can change it right now i put it to spanish i can change it to english and deal in aluminum imports last month that. china said it was planning tariffs on up to 3 billion dollars the other part that we were talking about was that there is a there is a mixed you can um mix many things together when you are building a solution one of the things is what you see on the right hand side is um different kinds of entities that it has recognized because of the text i can recognize the entities now i can feed it into api it will give me all the text entities which are there um, which are on the right hand side and it gives you the confidence score also into into those particular that what with what confidence i have recognized that particular entity okay. thank you rab so next service that we have is amazon translate and this is going to be very i think we have to switch okay thank you so the next service that we have and this is amazon translate and this is a very interesting service the reason being it is going to be very a various useful if you have business operating in multiple countries and if you have 
business in different regions where people speak different language, it can provide a very good user's experience. Just to give an example, a couple of years back I was in Rome. The moment I entered Rome, the immigration lady, she was speaking to me in Italy, and I don't understand Italy. And we had a discussion for about four or five minutes, and whatever she was talking, I was not able to understand, and whatever I was talking, she was not able to understand. But I just got two keywords, passport, hotel, rental car. I picked those keywords, and I showed her my itinerary, and then she let me in. But net net is that if you are running your business in an organization where you are not able to talk to your customers, or if you're not able to understand what your customers are saying, it's a very bad way of doing business. And for that, we have something called real-time translation in which you can create chatbot, and if the customer wants to talk to you something in their own language, the person who is from your company, he can, it is going to translate that in real-time in English and, or in other languages, and he can reply back, and customer can see that in their own native language. So this is the power of this tool. And again, behind the scenes, we are running deep learning. And this is completely powered by deep learning. We are training the models behind the scenes for you. And you don't really have to do anything about that. Earlier, when we created the slide deck, we had 12. But again, yesterday, we announced some more language support. So now it is 20 plus. We keep on adding more and more language. And then the service also has capability to detect 100 plus language that which language is actually your user is trying to say. Though we are keeping on adding more and more support, but it has the ability to detect more language. And the next service that we have in this category is Poly. And again, this is also a part of the managed service offerings that we have. And Amazon Poly has text-to-speech capabilities. So this is a very, very interesting service. In our own company, sometimes we do have to take some of the internal examination. I remember that I had to take one internal examination and I was given 25 pages of printout with lot of data. And I had only a few weeks to memorize all the data and appear in the exam. Someone is going to take the live exam. And that person can ask me anything from those 25 pages, any data point. And if I miss three, if I miss three data or if I give wrong information, I'm failed. So I was trying to read that for a couple of weeks, and I could not memorize because 25 pages of data is long things to memorize. So one day I was driving to my office, and I was playing some old songs of 70s. And I, then I realized that I remember each and every lyric of that particular song. The next song came, I realized I, re I remember each and every lyrics of that song. Then I thought, why am I able to memorize all the songs because I was listening to audio in the subconscious mind? So I thought, why can't I use Polly? And I converted all those 25 pages into an audio book. And then every day, I used to play while going to office those audio book. And finally, when I gave the exam, I remembered each and every data point. And the interviewer was amazed. And he asked me that, how come you memorize everything? And I told him that I was service Polly for that. So this is, again, a great example. So, Web, do you want to take this slide? Yeah. Machine learning service. So, it's like you heard about transcribe, translate, many services. So, how do you put? Um, how do you create a solution around it? So, this is one example of that, where um, if you are getting feeds from your Twitter or from social media, you can have um, what uh, on the top left hand side it is showing that you are getting a stream. Uh, it can be coming from any source. You can give it to Kinesis, which is our way, which is our, one of our services, which handles how uh, handles the uh, streaming. 
You can put into translate from different languages, it converts it into text for you. The other thing that you can do is if you're having audios and videos that are coming in, then you can use the transcribe. You can take that, that transcribe, since this will be coming through some kind of an offline mechanism, one example would be you can put into S3, a, automatically a lambda function can kick it off, you can start the transcribe service and the data can start, uh, you can start collecting the data. So this, um, and if you really want to visualize that, I was trying to show you some of the examples through different visualization techniques, but if you use some standard tools like QuickSight and others, you can start putting matrix that you are collecting from different sources. So in this particular, uh, one of the things that we did was, um, in, this is a real customer example that we had where uh, you have a lot of audio uh, data that is your sales reps when they, are when they are talking to the customers. You want to really, as a manager, if you're managing a certain number of sales reps, it's very hard to know what they really are talking to the customer. And the manager will never have time to go back and look at all the audios. So how do you make that happen? So now if you use this service, you can take that data and you can, you can, the manager can figure out, that, hey, what was the word which was used the most? So one of the things that happens in sales cycle is that you use the word demo. And the minute demo, everybody gets interested. So at that point in time, the feedback will be very positive. So that's one of the indicators for the sales team, for the sales manager, hey, we need to have more demos in our, in our, when we talk to customers. So this is the way you can make, start making use of it. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So the services that we have talked about now are were all managed services and in that you don't really have to manage anything, any infrastructure. You don't have to be data scientist for managing this. The next service that I'm going to talk about is Amazon SageMaker and that needs that you have to have data scientist. So this is the service is mainly made for data scientists. We offer you all the different platforms, we offer you all the different frameworks, but you have to train and build your own model using this service. Though this service is, you don't really have to, it's a platform based service, which means that we are going to maintain the infrastructure for you. You don't really have to maintain the infrastructure, but it gives you a little bit more flexibility that if you want to build your own model, if you want to train your own model, if you want to deploy your own model, then you can use this as a platform without worrying about what is lying underlying that platform because you don't really manage that. The pricing for this is also paper go, which means that only when you use it, you have to pay for the charges. If you do not use it, you do not really have to pay anything for that. Okay, and the reason we wanted to walk you through this was that there are situations where our services, application services that we offer, they may be able to solve your problem, but there are cases where they may not be able to solve your problem and you may have to build things on your own. Now, if you have to build things on your own, how do you take that and combine with the SageMaker uh, part? Now, the, the, the one of the other things that we have made it uh, a conscious effort was that, how do you make it enterprise ready? So some of the things that are very critical when you go into developing these models is that, hey, whatever data I'm feeding into it, it should be secured, right? So secured means like in case of SageMaker, it takes downloads of data from S3, it puts into a elastic block storage so that anything I'm putting on the elastic block storage should be always encrypted. So you have a flag which you can check in and everything will be encrypted behind the scene for you so that when the data is flowing through different uh, data scientists when they're working on it, it's, it's not, nobody can see the data if there is a PI information. Similarly, we have 
um, VPC support, which is a standard requirement that it should be in my VPC, nobody else should have it. So there's a VPC support uh, inbuilt. And then we have the cloud trail. So that means anything that is happening on the say, models, if somebody is deploying a new model or they are starting a training, you will know exactly in the cloud trail you can, you can tra track it. Next. And then we also do support encryption, right? So you yeah, have an end-to-end -end support for encryption. If you want to encrypt everything, you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, this is a life cycle of uh, how, how it goes. I mean, pretty much, I think most of the people here know about uh, machine learning. So it's like, just to summarize, you collect the data, you, uh, you are applying some algorithms, you can use SageMaker supports, uh, to, uh, Almost most of the classic algorithms you will find, they are already supported. I'll be talking about one of the algorithms which is related to uh, text analysis, which is our topic today. And then, um, then we provide environments for, for training this. Um, and I think in the keynote you heard today, uh, Fendi, that uh, we are providing, even, in the, even on the type of inference, when you're doing inference on that, then you can have a flexible infrastructure behind the scene as the inference volume goes up, you'll be able to, we will be able to scale up and scale down, right? And the reason it's important is that you're using GPU instances, which are very costly. Um, let's go to the next. Yeah, so now you have got a lot of text, right? Because you are using so many services and for any company, it happens that you have a lot of data, a lot of text. How do you develop relations between those texts? Because it could be possible that you have a lot of data and you need to know what you need to analyze, right? If you do not know what you need to analyze or if you don't know what business problem you're trying to solve, you don't really, you won't be able to find a good solution for what exactly your needs are. So now in this next section, we are going to show you a couple of examples in which what other customers have done to solve some of their problems. So this is a classic, um, if you're in the, uh, if you're dealing with text, word to work is one of the algorithms that is highly used and we provide um, implementation of word vec which is sometimes known as open text in our uh, open source world. Um, in summary, what it does is, uh, it's kind of a, if you're, if you're on a Google and if you're doing search, you type a couple of words, it does the type ahead for you. So depending on the words that you have typed, it knows what other words are the possible uh, words that are there and it will start giving you as a drop down. The idea behind that is it is, it is it knows your context and it is trying to give you word, it's known by the word, uh, word embeddings. So depending on the context, it is trying to tell you what are the uh, next words. Now the, you can take these kind of examples and we, because of this algorithm which is available now, you can put it as an, if you develop enterprise search engine with your companies which is related to your enterprise, you can have a similar kind of experience. Um, the, uh, other thing in this example would be that you are not really kind of going, it, you are training on your data. So that becomes a powerful feature that you're not, it is not learning on somebody else's data in this case. So let's uh, go to the next slides. So just to give you a little bit context into it, what I mean by this is that if you are, uh, when in this particular algorithm, the reason it is called word to where is because if you look at the word apple in this case, now apple, as we know, it can come in the context of uh, fruits or it can come in the context of a company. Now, apple is related to both. So how does it decide where, when you are searching for it, what it should, what it should give you as an, as an output? 
So it uses the context that you're typing in, and based on the context it's trying to give you. So this is kind of implementation which kind of gives you that picture, that how do you narrow down the search based on your context. It uses one of the algorithms, the way internally it does is, it is using the algorithms which is based on probability, and it's the, if you're, if you've taken maths courses, you may be aware of conditional probability. It knows that depending on this word, how many times the, the corresponding words have appeared, which are before or after, right? So it is using the conditional probability behind the scene and running the model for you and doing the analysis. Um, the, the other part related to this is um, there are two ways you can implement this algorithm. So this one shows you um, that you can have Given a context, I can find what the next word would be, or I can have the reverse. If, the, if you give me the word, I can give you what the context is. So these are the two implementations, which is called as bag of words, and uh, the other one is called as Uh This is kind of one of the beauty about this services, uh, this particular um, algorithm is that it is trying to find r hidden relationship between the text. What, what that really means is that um, it, since you saw in the, in the case of Apple, it, it has relationship with both. It has relationship with the, with the company as well as relationship with the fruits, right? So what it really, it, it, it can replace either of them. So if you say, it will, when you train it, uh, if I have man, then it knows that there is an equivalent, there is a relationship with women, right? Similarly, king and queen, it knows that these are related words. So it has the ability, it is, it is, you're not telling the system, it is learning on its own the relationship between them. So um, the, what I wanted to do was something uh, simple to, to, to show a demo on this context would be, um, what I did was I did, took a data from a data set which is uh, um, widely available um, on Kaggle or any of them websites. So you can, this is a data which has jobs, US jobs data. So I downloaded that data set and I created a model. I used this model and I trained it on that data set. It's like an 80,000 kind of job post. And it has job titles. So these are the titles which are appearing there. And I've trained the model based on that. So the idea was that how do you see, how do you visualize that particular, what this algorithm is doing behind the scene for you? So let me switch. And in this case, since we are using SageMaker, so that's the reason why we have to train the model, we have to build our own model, right? But if you use all the previous services, for example, Poly, Translate, Transcribe, you don't really have to train or deploy the model because we are going to do that for you. So here is a, uh, let me switch, yeah. So what you see here is, I've taken all the data set and I've given it to this algorithm and it's kind of a, since it has every word will, ha will have a relationship to all other words possible in the vocabulary and you literally give a, your data set to it so it takes as a text and it is building relationship behind the scene for you. So it is all the words and the reason it is called vector is because every word is related to other every other word so it needs to have that what is the probability it, will, it is related to other words. So that's why it is in multi-dimensional. So now the, the challenge with this is that if it is related to 100 different words, how do you really show it in a, in a visual way? So this is one of the techniques that you can utilize. Um, this is, I'm using Tensor, TensorFlow, they provide a TensorBoard, and you can feed the data in and it can operate on that. So what it is, is a bunch of words that are there. So let's do some search on it, right? I mean, let's say 
we, we kind of, uh, let me clear the selection here. And let's say I do something like Java. So what it is doing when I type in the word Java, it gives me all the words related to Java that are appearing in my system. But it knows relationships. So when I select that word, then it narrows down the whole thing based on what are the words that are related to Java. So let me just do a little bit bigger. So if you see here, uh, and this is, keep in mind, this is in the context of the job data that you gave. So it's not a public data set, it's your data set which you have given. So um, typically job data set, it will have job titles. So that means when I say Java, anything related to, uh, related to jobs will appear the data that it had. It's not related to coffee at all in this case. So it won't, it won't give you that. Otherwise, it would have given you that. So what you have is here, so I can do, you know, just do narrow down. So what you see is how this word Java is related to all other things in my, in my corpus, in my custom corpus. So think of this if you're developing something like this for your text within your company. That means it is giving you very contextual search depending on the topic that you are looking for in your context. Let's take some other examples, simple example. I'll do, um, let's say reliability. Let's just see what, what does it give. Let's say engineer, that's much easier. Just use any other, say orange, that is not there in your, then what happens, let's see that. Which one? Like say orange. Orange. <laughs> oh, you want to play with it, okay. Um, yeah, so. Maybe it found something like Orange County. I mean, somewhere in the data set, it's related to jobs. It has some data which is related. So it is showing you on the context of that. Now, if I, let's say if I want this, then it has taken that and I can isolate that. Then it shows words which are related to it. Now, some of the ways the mathematics works behind the scene is what you see on the right-hand side. The way you, how do you figure out, hey, what is the closest word related in my context? So it uses something like, um, you can use their two standard mechanisms. You can have a cosine. Uh, we call it a cosine distance between the two vectors. You can have, it if it is the value is less, that means they're very closely related. Or you can distance. That's another way, kind of Euclidean method. So these are the two ways it does the math behind the scene for you. Let's try engineer. Let me clear the selection first, show all data. So now it has, I mean, if you see on the right hand word, the related words are optical, right? I mean, electrical engineering. It's not Java engineer. I mean, anything which is related to in that context. And when I select on that, it will just show me related things with that. So it's a very powerful search mechanism used by many, many companies nowadays. And they are trying to build something called as, sometimes called as, they use the word graph search uh, internally for their enterprises when they build it. Um, the other thing probably I wanted to show was how, how this becomes very, very powerful, how the concept of words comes into picture. So um, let's see. So what you see is it, is it is trying to build relationship between different words. So what it, there's a powerful math that it starts happening behind the scene. So I can do. Zab, you may want to switch the, you okay. want to switch it? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what you see here is um, literally since it is uh, word to vector, you can apply 
mathematics related to vectors. So let's say the Paris is one of the vectors. So it will have behind the scene whatever related to uh, Paris related to it. Then you can do Paris plus France, right? And then when you say Paris minus France, so that means it has taken out all the context of France and you add Italy. It knows the relationship behind this. You have not trained it at all, but it knows the relationship and it will figure out that you're talking about Italy, right? Similarly, copper, CU, you are using a word, right? That you're using a term, you're using the uh, code for it. Then you are sub you're subtracting copper plus gold, right? You can do things like when you are in a HR world and if you, if you want to search what are the positions related to a particular, let's say you're a Java engineer, I want all the um, Java engineers in different industries because the same word may have different meaning or they might be using different meaning if you're in high tech, if you're in manufacturing, the same word, different words they may be using. So it has the ability to go find the relation behind the scene and build the model for you, right? So pretty powerful way. Similarly, I mean, Windows, Microsoft plus Google, that's a pretty common example that you, but these are the things, there are models that are existing which you can play around with that. So what they have, some of the companies, what they've done is, you can go to Wikipedia, they have downloaded the whole Wikipedia data set and they have created this. You can try on your own. So it, it's not anymore a guesswork. It's something that you can play with. Yeah, so I think we have only 15 minutes left for this. So at this time, let's open it up for question and answer so we can have discuss whatever questions you have and we can take those questions. So typically this is, a, um, well, everybody, everybody heard the question. So this, this question is that if I'm doing processing of text and it has, he wants to take care of the stop words, right? How do I take care of that? So typically in any, uh, when you are implementing any model, there's a pre-processing layer that you have to do, right? Within the pre-processing layer, you will take all the data that is coming in. For example, in this case, it is a corpus of text which is coming in. Now you will do the pre-processing on that. You will define, you can define your own custom that these are the stop words. They are standard stop words which are already taken care of by the, by the NLP utilities. But if you have some stop words that you want to take care of, you have to, you can put it in the library and it will start using that. So you can filter those out. So when you are using things like uh, a comprehend, which is an application service, that means that is already being taken care for you, right? If you, are, if you, this particular last one we talked about when you're de developing a custom model where you want to take the control, you, there's some things that can be better done by application services, but in this case, you are implementing on your own. That's right. So you, when you are, when you are giving a text corpus of text, you will say how many topics I really want uh, to to classify or to find out. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, you, you have a parameter when you go to an API, if you're doing through the API, there's a number of number of topics you can specify and it will work on that. Keep in mind that if you give large number of topics, it's going to take long time, right? Uh, you mean hierarchy kind of thing? You, there will, that will be more like a custom implementation. Yeah, that is exactly, yeah. not out of the box. Yeah, it's like you, you get only categorization at one level, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you've written it down, okay. Yeah, so you are maybe running an AMR job or something like that to pre-process the data, clean, and then... So they, I think this, um, we assume every algorithm typically in uh, machine learning uh, assumes certain kind of a format. Um, in Higher level application services, we go simple formats like CSV, which is very well known. But in your case, you have, let's say, JSON or an XML. There is, you will have to do some, some uh, amount of pre-processing. And if you look at the whole stack that we provide, there are many services that are available, like Glue can handle JSON, Glue can handle different kind of formats. And you can use those layers to pre-process it and then take it to a stage where it becomes format which can be consumed by uh, consumed by uh, the application service. But again, having said that, we are constantly adding new and new features in the services, so it might be possible that very soon that we are going to add some of those capabilities that we, it doesn't have today. I'm pretty sure if but you have JSON, it will be very soon it will be supported. You don't have to do anything for that. The application services, right? Yeah, we are training. So they are not top of SageMaker. So both are completely different services that we spoke about, right? SageMaker is in which you train your own model, and the application services are like Lex, Poly, Transcribe, Comprehend, in which we are training the model for you. You don't really train anything on that. You don't have to worry about training those models. Yes, we are training the model. That is correct. That's right. That is right. Very interesting question. I got. So your worry is that is my data being used, right? Okay. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 
would would be more. Yeah. So what um, definitely when we are providing these uh, higher level ML services, uh, comprehended as this, we are constantly training. We are utilizing your data in that case. Uh, we are the way we we do is we are literally looking at metadata. We don't really care about what your data inside is, but we are more interested in the metadata. But just to, there are customers who are in various industries who are very, um, very, they are very, they don't want to share any amount of data, right? So these services provides you an option that you can opt out of it. So that means when you're using these services, no data of yours will be captured anywhere that you are fully assured that there's nothing going on. That means you will, you might see a little bit loss of service in the sense loss of functionality, but really? that's expected, but um, pretty much you will be able to run without your data. Your data. That's right. Exactly, because yeah. that's how, so whatever data you have, it's going to get trained on that particular data. It's not going to e leverage the entire ecosystem of other customers that we have for training the models. Yeah. Okay. So the model works um, purely on your data set, right? So it is learning the relationships on its own. And it is using, as I was describing, using the conditional probability behind the scene, that's the math that it works. So you will have to augment if you want some custom uh, things introduced into it, then that means you will have to implement the model on your own. Regarding your question about uh, different dialects, um, it's not an easy problem to solve, right? And uh, what we have, what we work with um, in certain cases, we work very closely with customers to get the data and we improve our model. Um, it's not that we will be able to meet all the dialects in a very um, concise way, but if you have certain requirements that if you have data, then we can work with you to figure out and make it better. Yeah, yeah please. Uh, gentleman on the back, he has been waiting for a while. So. <laughs> So you, the question was that, do we provide metrics around uh, the accuracy of the classification? Yeah, so when you are using any of our, comp like for example, we have custom classifier, right, that we released last week. In that, you will get the metrics around the accuracy, and you will be able to determine what kind of accuracy it is giving that particular model. So, 
So we are, we, I think the, the number, I'll have to check, cross check, but we have already increased that number from 2 to 12, I think. It's, or it's work in progress, where in very short time we'll be doing that. So our idea is that wherever, the, wherever we see the demand coming the most, we attack that problem first, right? So if you, if you are a vocal customer, we work backwards. We take your input and we work backwards too. So 12, like uh, I think um, we got quite a number of requests from the UK dialect. I mean, UK is number one that English specific to them. Then we had something on Canada. There was a request that came up. So those are getting, um, you will pretty, very soon you will hear about those. So yeah, please. Again, can you? To the Gov Cloud, um, I don't. Yeah. I'll I'll let you know. But we can check. Uh, we can find out yeah. and let you know. We can yeah. check the roadmap and tell you. Yeah. Sure, please. Uh, yes. We have definitely we have we have that request coming in, and I think um, there's a work going on in yeah. that space. Uh, but you can imagine this is not an easy problem to solve, so it's work in progress is all I can say. Yep. So if you look at the comprehend, we realize that, you know, some of the entities you may have, uh, you might want to have your custom entities that are very specific to your uh, company or your industry. Uh, we provide that capability where you can define a custom uh, list of entities. And the, when the model is getting trained or it is giving output, it will utilize that. Um, in the custom classifier also, we have put the similar kind of a functionality. Where if you see now we allow you to define classification. Initially we didn't allow you to define your classification. Now we are allowing you to define custom classification. So the idea behind that is we are always trying to make sure that unless you are able to do um, um, related to your data, it may not become very useful, right? So wherever there is a need, we are putting that change. So this is already available, by the way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's related to, especially related to that particular industry that exactly, domain, yeah, yeah. Yep. You have a question? It's, 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 it boils down to the fact that um, Comprehend is a horizontal service. Right, whereas if you want to go very vertical, um, every industry, if you're, let's say, in a 
um, if your SaaS provider who is providing HR applications, they have very different data set versus anybody else, right? So it has to be very specific to that. Um, what we made sure was that we have provided horizontal service. Now we are going into vertical spaces as we see the need. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. As of now, yes. But there is nothing that stops you from building on your own uh, because we provide the um, we provide you to have your own entities defined in the system. So that will help you to a certain level. And if that level doesn't help, then you can always go and implement your own algorithm. I think the challenge is that sometimes companies have data scientists, sometimes they don't. So how do you make it like a something which everybody can use? So what uh, typically it's um, there is there are many things involved in the process. I would say first step is to have that dictionary that he was describing, that you need to have a dictionary related to your industry, right, which has terms which are related to you. That's the first step. But I think when you go into a healthcare industry, there's much more things that are related to it, uh, not, not just kind of a, it's a lecture on its own. It's, it's a quite a broad topic. So it depends, right, how much yeah. data you yeah. have. There are a lot of complexities involved in that, so it's not really an easy answer. Yeah. I mean, solving the German letter puzzle type of thing you were asking about? So when you are using transcribe, you know, there is a score that we were showing you on the right hand Probably. side, which shows how much accuracy with, with, with what accuracy we are finding that word. You can control the accuracy. You can say, I want only 95% plus uh, accuracy, which is matching, then, then only please give those results. So you can control the output in that case. Yeah, it, it will give you, in the default, you will see 60%, 50%, that may not be applicable to you. I think time check, we have just one minute, 44 seconds left. So we have, after that, we will be picked off soon. But we yeah. can talk outside as well. So, so you're, um, you're, you're kind of like, 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 yeah. Um, the I think you, what you should do is you should um, you should go to our website and try this on your own. I think we feel very confident, but you should try on your own. Uh, things like, for example, you mentioned about that there are different frequencies that your words can be spoken you, yeah. in. 
right? Telephone so, to very or, HD or, quality. Yeah, bad quality network that you may have telephone versus on a high bandwidth network. So th there is a jumbling. Th th there is a you may not be able to hear, but the beauty about these models is that it is working on a graph, right? It is kind of a uh, sine curve or not the sine curve, but related curves. It can very accurately identify faint voice versus uh, the nice. uh, the one which is a stronger voice because the, the the pitch will be different. So internally, it has the ability to do it. Um, so that's why I was saying that you should try on your own, and you will you will be able to figure out what the differences are. And we provide I think we provide samples where we say, <coughs> hey, this is a low quality, this is a this is a very high quality voice, and then you transcribe that. Similarly, we provide um, like. Uh, if you were uh, two speakers are talking to each other and they are talking over each other, right, at the same time, then it is able to uh, differentiate speaker between one, the two, speaker two exactly. and it, it will give the text related to the two differently. Okay, so I think we are up now. Okay, thanks, guys, for coming in. I hope this was interesting. Thank you. Thank you.